0: The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. On October 16th, the StarCityGames.com Open Series hits Nashville for the first time ever, and this event is going to be huge. We're talking hundreds of players, over $10,000 in cash prizes, at least eight players qualifying for the 2010 StarCityGames.com Invitational, live coverage on the StarCityGames.com website, tons of side events, and as much Magic the Gathering as we can pack into one weekend. So make plans to join StarCityGames.com in Nashville, and we'll see you there. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 42 of Yo! MTG Taps. This is Joey Pasco. Big Head Joe was unavailable this week, but nevertheless, we've got a special treat for you. This week, I talk with Patrick Chapin about the evolution of Pyromancer Ascension based on a deck from the mind of Michael J. Flores. Several big names predict that this deck is poised to ascend to the top tier of the post-Scars of Mirrodin standard metagame, so listen in to get the scoop straight from the innovator himself.
1: Hey, how you doing, hey man? how's it going? Fantastic. How are you doing? Pretty good. So, Did you need uh, to call me back, or are we recording right now?
0: No, I, I can just I just clicked record just now. So uh, you're to this uh, Flores Pyromancer Ascension list recently. I noticed. I uh, think that,
1: that gets sick. Like it's you know pretty significantly different. But um, so the way it started, I said in the days leading up to states that I thought that the uh, the strategy that I would recommend to people
2: mm-hmm. would
1: be either uh, blue red control. Um, like Jerry's deck right. or, uh, or Blue-White-Red Venser which is which is my deck but it's I mean it's basically the same as Jerry's deck like Jerry and I are both playing the same sort of deck you know Right. and they're actually kind of converging the more that we talk um, or the other one I suggest is Pyromancer's Ascension another Blue-Red deck obviously because I really think Blue-Red is such a good color combination right now Yeah. but uh, I think I said that um, I think Pyromancer's Ascension would be like if somebody was not going to play a Jace Control deck Pyromancer's Ascension would be at the deck that I'd recommend, and that would only be if they uh, if they figured out how to make it work. You know, like I didn't I didn't yet know how to make it work,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, believed that it could be done. And uh, and then after states came around, I took a look at Flores's list, and um, definitely interested in trying to make Ascension work. You know, talked to him a little bit, um, got uh, got some positive feedback, and uh, he was very. Uh, very helpful in explaining some of the the choices and some of the thought process that went in, as well as what could have been improved, and uh, all, and and of course sharing some of the reservations that that like for instance that had regarding some of the card choices, and uh, I ended up meeting up with Brian Cole to to do some testing, and uh, I started just playing for as his exact 75, and uh, pretty quickly determined that was not in fact a fan of the trap kill. This Pyromancer Ascension deck kills with, or it killed with uh, a bunch. It had a bunch of archive traps and trapmaker snares and ravenous traps. Right. And the archive trap, like basically the combo is that once he gets an ascension active, the trapmaker snares which doubles to two archive traps, and then each of the archive traps doubles, so it decks anybody. Right. And then the ravenous trap is in there so that people who have Eldrazi can be beaten. Right okay. and uh, and the the problem I was kind of encountering is that it was like there's too many dead cards, you know, like you're like it was all fun and games when I didn't draw very many of the kill cards, mm-hmm. but uh, but ended up just thinking about how much better you know Cole and I were talking and we were just thinking how much better it would be if uh, like we don't lose very many games and we get an ascension active anyway, you know, like why actually combo people out? Because I remember one of the things we always used to do, you know, last season. With sideboard out time warps against a lot of people, and end up just turning into this sort of blue red control deck that uh, buries people in the card advantage from a Pyromancer's Ascension. And uh, so I think the, the the list that we end up playing now is like, um, you know, like something to the effect of full Lightning Bolt, four Burst Lightning, uh, four Pyromancer's Ascension, four Preordained, four C Beyond, um, three Jace Blair. And I had Treasure Hunt initially, but Jerry talks and sends it to me. And, yeah, uh, I was Treasure wondering Hunt about just,
0: that choice, too. Like, the, the, I know Mike was using Treasure Hunt as well.
1: Yeah, nice. yeah, I was using Treasure Hunt, but it just wasn't performing for me at all, and I wasn't really short of ways to activate an Ascension. I just wanted some card drawing, and mm-hmm. the Treasure Hunt was not doing the card, card drawing I wanted, and uh, Jerry suggested we just pre side where our j lands, and I was pretty happy with that. Um, and then three 4Cs, and I think 4 C is just awesome. It's just, uh, yeah. I think mean, it's just, you know, I, yeah, and this kind of a that force you to totally awesome. And then, um, let's see, three Into the Royal, uh, two Howl Depths, four Scalding Tarn, seven Mountains, ten Islands. And then the last two spells are currently Deprived, but I'm kind of up in the air a little bit about that. But uh, basically, you, you're playing like a Blu-ray control deck, right? Mm-hmm. With, you know, Burst, Lightning, Lightning Bolt, Mana Leak, and Into the run, which is tons of card drops. But you have this this inevitability because you just sort of you eventually can trigger your ascension and then just go nuts with the card advantage. And even though you don't combo people out uh, most of the time, it doesn't take very long where you just you know you can just burn them out of nowhere. You know, oh, and two call to minds. That's the other card I was I was okay. It's two call to minds. Yeah, I like having a second call to mind so that you can actually never you know so you can make sure that you no matter how far behind you are you can you know finish oh, people off with an yeah. endless stream of bolts. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, no time warps, but it's pretty freaking amazing because the format isn't configured to beat Kamodex right now. You know, there's no Esper Charm, there's no relative Presentative, and uh, and there's less Celestial Purges than there should be. And,
0: and uh, Mike mentioned uh, losing to the the main deck Memora side um, on his blog a couple uh, couple days ago, um, but yeah, I mean that's about the only real. I mean, and people aren't really playing that. At the moment, it seems like.
1: Well, I mean, even if what are they going to memorize? The 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 attentions.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, it it I know it doesn't exactly win the game. Well, it, yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah, well, because well, this list still has four bolts, four bursts, and three aces. Right. That's just the main deck. You know, by the time they, the your side, by the time they get the sideboard and memorize, side you get a cyborg, and we sideboard in frost titan versus everybody.
0: Oh wow! Yeah.
1: That's yeah. yeah there's more to it. See the sideboard... <laughs> yeah, the cyborg has um still using the same forked bolts and floor as it is, definitely like that. Um, not as many I don't think so, just because you can only play so much spot removal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, might use pyroplasm instead. Um, the and then I'm also using uh negates. Um, probably a full four negates. It's just like talking to Jerry, we decided it's just so important to have just tons and tons of counter magic against some people. You know, so we're playing manly and Defies prize May deck and we want to sideboard flash phrases and negates.
2: Wow. And then
1: uh and then we're gonna put the fourth Jace Belarin and a couple of Jace Divine Sculptors. Now if there's a guy who likes chasing, I mean <laughs> I mean Jerry is definitely he's yeah. Like he's I mean, first of all, he doesn't even make decks that don't have at least six chases. Right off top, right? Mm-hmm. You know, similar in the third spot. And Jerry's been known to rock all eight. You know? <laughs> like he's got no shade in his game. So, so uh, we're talking about sideboarding. Um, basically, at least three more Jaces and then two Frost Titans. And, uh, and this lets us transform or threaten to transform into that same blue-red deck that Jerry and I keep building. You know, we keep building the same deck over and over again because we both really think blue-red control is where you yeah. want to be in this format. It's that now we're getting the free wins from Ascension Game 1. And when people sideboard in all kinds of crazy, crazy stuff, we can just we turn into a frost type protect deck, you know? Right. With tons of you know, tons with like maybe and we can even board in a few pyroplasms, so let's see what I said. It's like um two or three chases, two frost titans, um like three flash freeze, um maybe two pyroclass I I don't I don't remember all the numbers yet, but right. those are the basic types of cards. you see what I mean? Like transforming me into a control deck makes it so that the crazy stuff people are going to be doing, like, or you memorize. Yeah. That's just embarrassing. When you memorize somebody for parliamentary attention, the next turn they go, okay, frost tighten you. Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: (laughs) seems like a blowout. (laughs) So, uh, it's, it's a really interesting list. I know Mike was playing, you know, the, uh, the version at nationals that had the, you know, the pre scars metagame with the time warps and, and, uh,
1: yeah, he he was an advocate of the deck, you know, long before it even blew up, you know. Right. Like, uh, well, I mean, wasn't Van Lunen advocating the deck?
0: Yeah, I think didn't he he had built it in one of the uh the Daily MTG articles? I think one of the building on a budget articles, wasn't that the?
1: Uh, yeah, he definitely was one of the people making an early list, you know, and it's the type of thing that, it, like, my understanding is that a number of people built similar lists, but um, the one he did ended up being a. Uh, a very important earlier precursor. And that's in a budget column, and it still ended up being a very uh, important, you know, foundation for the format to come. I think he's just such an underrated deck builder. He's awesome, you know. So the the, the ascension deck from the last season, fours is advocating throughout, and uh, and I I don't even it's weird because like in retrospect, I feel like I should have just known to uh, to be investigating it earlier, but I was actually bugging Brian Kowal before states, you know like we doing I was over at a house in Madison at Raz's house in Madison, and we were doing a bunch of drafting, and I tried you know tried getting them to play a little standard, getting ready for states, and all they wanted to do was draft because they are guilty of being from Wisconsin, <laughs> and that's what people from Wisconsin do. they draft, but uh Kowal and I got to uh to play a little bit of standard, and it took us three hours to figure out the dissension, which just ridiculous. And I'm like, God, man, do you realize if we would have just spent this three hours last week? Oh, my God. <laughs> if I wasn't flying to California this weekend, I would totally get on a plane and go to Tennessee and play in the, uh, the Star City Games Open. Right. Like, uh, that would have been – oh, my God. This, uh, such a thick deck because people aren't even going to be ready for it. Even the like – even people who hear about it on Friday mm-hmm. aren't going to be ready to uh, ready yet because how do you even adjust to something like that? You know, even if you just put in some kind of a silver bullet type of thing to try to hose the combo, you're just going to get beat by the the card advantage from the uh, morphing into a blue ray control deck. Yeah, now, I definitely don't think the deck's unbeatable, but I think you can you can uh, you know with practice get some edge of it. No, but man, Flores was totally right. The uh, like, tried playing Ascension, and it was just so unfair. You know, it's like like the other stuff people are doing is is great, I and mean, there's some really good decks in the standard. But it's like um, everybody's built knowing that they're going to face Primeval Titan deck after Primeval Titan deck. You
2: know, right,
1: yeah. Like Valakit and Eldrazi Green, they're both excellent decks. But people know that they're going to have to face those. Their decks are loaded with flash freezes. People are playing their spreading seas and their Typhonic edges, and people are like people have been testing on those decks non-stop. and And even, like, Blue-White. I mean, Blue-White's decent. Like, it's a good deck. Mm -hmm. But it's... I mean, do you think that there's any serious tournament player who doesn't have Blue-White as one of the first couple decks in their gauntlet? Right. And it doesn't mean you can't play it. But it's like, what is Blue-White doing that is so unfair that it's worth doing it despite everybody preparing against it? When you could be playing something like Ascension, which, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, I I agree with Jerry that Blue-White Control is better than Blue-White Control anyway. Um, but w- even more than that, Ascension lets you do something that's legitimately not fair, you know, and yeah. people aren't prepared for it yet. What does,
0: uh, what, what does Mike think of your, uh, non-trap, uh, win condition, I guess, or, or, you know, the fact that, that you removed the, uh, you know, the archive traps and the ravenous traps and everything?
1: Oh, we have, yeah, we haven't even talked about the details yet. Just the night before I mentioned to him that I was, uh, considering taking out the, uh, the trap kill. Mm-hmm. And he said that uh he said he was definitely not convinced that the track kill was the best okay. he just it was an idea that he had, had and it was working well, and it was one of those things where and, and keep in mind, when I tested the track kill, it was still working great, and that's when I, that, that's how Cole and I knew that the deck was going to be sick was because we realized, well, the track kill is working, but we think we can make it even more efficient and I think perhaps what happened is that uh Flores was getting good results with the track kill. And there wasn't enough time to eventually get to a point of doing something else because it's one of those, why change it if it's working type right. of things, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: But uh Cole and I were just trying to figure out, well, what else could we do? Because we just really did not want to play with that many kill cards. We wanted to see, would it still work if we tried some other things? And uh so, I mean, I got a feeling he'll be on board because at the end of the day, I don't think Flores is married to the cute, you know, new old combo kill, right. you know? the The whole point of what Floyd was doing was to abuse well first of all he was trying to find substitutes for ponder and for for uh time warp because at the end of the day the Pyromancer's Ascension deck is very abusable, and Pyromancer's Ascension is a very powerful engine, and the way we we tried to to make up for those losses is try to make up for the loss of of uh of time warp and and uh, ponder by just using a lot of hard draw, you know, all these 4Cs and JCs and stuff, and uh, and slowing it down a little bit, a little bit more control on it, you know, having bursts and bolts and into the royals and nanolinks and defies. so we're a lot less focused on trying to combo kill as fast as possible. Because if you can't, if we don't, we don't have ponder, and one thing you can try to do is just Dig as fast as you can to try to find your ascension. But what we're finding slightly better results with was, well, why don't we dig a little bit slower? We'll just use the good digging, and instead have more tools to survive long enough. You know, right? Yeah. So sense. I mean, it's definitely the, the yeah. It's the same core thing us is saying is that we just want to do something that's unfair. You know, the whole point was to be. Uh, was to be showing up with a freaking laser gun when everyone else is throwing rocks at each other, you know?
0: <laughs> right. So uh another another kind of deck that's I've noticed, you know, or that everybody seems to want to be playing. Well, well mainly it's people want to be playing Koth, it seems like. People are excited about Koth. I know you've uh you've advocated Koth to some uh extent in, in your articles and um Uh, Cedric Phillips had built a deck, and that's been pretty uh, well-received. I'm just kind of curious, what do you think is uh, right now, or I guess what do you think of the various different mono-red builds right now, and maybe what do you think is the best Koth deck?
1: Okay, first of all, I think that uh, Koth is awesome. He's everybody's good as they say he is, unless they're... Foolish and say that he's better than Jace the Mind Sculptor because it's not even close. But he's—I mean—he's awesome. He's one of the one of the four best planeswalkers all time. You know, he's super good. But uh, I think there's going to be a ton of Mono Black, Mono Red decks for years because of cost. Like you know, back in the day, Mono Black was always just an existing. It was just always an archetype.
2: Yeah.
1: People always just used to like every like every time a set would come there's just always a Mono Black deck, right? Yeah. Well, I think that the Koth is so powerful, so absurdly powerful, that he's going to cause there to be lots of mono-red decks the entire time he's legal. And then in extended, I think he's even going to have some impact. But it's like um, the when you have a reward for playing mono-red that's that great. I mean, cause, don't get me wrong, it's one thing to be playing with cards like Cargan Dragonlord. Dragon Dragonlord is a good card, mm. but it's not unfair. You know,
2: right.
1: it's it's just a real it's just a good card. And uh, Ball Lightning, maybe, or I mean, there's a lot of different reasons to play Mono Red, but uh, but like, as long as there are cards, as long as there's a cost to reward somebody, there's actually going to continue to just be these Mono Red decks. And I think uh, Cedric's is a good good list. We actually tested against that quite a bit because Koal was a pretty big fan of uh, uh, Cedric's list and went to it immediately. You know, it's got a little bit more Stain power. Right. Uh, it's pretty good against the other creature decks. And it's still fast enough to punish some of the uh, the control decks, you know? Yeah. Plus you can transform away. You can move away from the Flame Slashes and the the, the scores if you really need to. But... Uh, uh, I'd have to play with it more to know for sure if I thought it's the best way to play Manta Red, but it looks good. Looks good on paper. Um, yeah. I know it, it it struggles with Ascension. <laughs> yeah, like the Ascension. Yeah, the Ascension list we built just murdered it, having um, having burst flaggings and lightning bolts and mana leaks and into the Royals and you know just having all of the cheap interaction to buy time and then still combo killing relatively fast. Yeah. You know, it's just not realistic for the Red Deck to even be competitive against Ascension. Yeah, it seems like... Into but I mean, the... that's not really the mega it seems like Into the Royal?
0: I was going to say, yeah, it seems like Into the Royal is just so good right now, uh, just because of its versatility against so many different strategies. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's popping up everywhere, and I guess it shouldn't be any surprise.
1: Um, oh, absolutely. Kyle Sanchez says it's the best blue instant standard. Yeah, that's right. I yeah, he I I he's I mean he's probably wrong because it's probably mana leak. Yeah. But I mean I think it's definitely the second best. If it's not the best you know, I think it's definitely the second best. And the card's awesome. Like every single blue deck should have it. Like, um if it's I don't know, it's it's tough because uh these blue decks, it's like between the Jaces and the Preordains and the Mana Leaks, I mean, there's a definite difference between the good cards and the not as good cards, but it shouldn't be that surprising because, like, uh, you know how so often when people are playing a deck, uh, like certain decks, as the format evolves, they start to learn certain things about which slots you always play and which ones are changeable. Mm-hmm. Like in Jund, you always play Blood Great Elf, right? Right, right. But you but you don't always play Terminate, Right. You don't always play Guruk or Siege Gang or whatever. Um, in uh, in blue decks, uh, people are starting to see that you always play Free Ordain. You always, you know, in, in actual control decks, you always play Free Ordain. You play Mana Leak. I think people are seeing you play into the Royal. You know.
2: Yeah. And
1: you don't need to have a ton of them necessarily, but the card is just so versatile and so it's so valuable in helping shore up some of the weaknesses caused by no longer having oblivion ring.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, you know, oblivion ring was the, the versatile removal, I guess, you know, the catch all that we had before, but now, you know, without that, uh, into the Royal and it almost feels like it feels better. Maybe it's just because it's an instant, but you know, it feels
1: like, Oh, it is. Oblivion ring was always just settling for mediocrity you know, mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Right now, uh, into the Royal is actively good because first of all, people are playing cards that are more expensive than four mana anyway. But even on top of that, having a safety clause to get you out of an ultimate in Kargan, Dragon Lord, yeah. or getting you out of a, a planeswalker, you know, like sometimes people, you're, sometimes you're going to want to tap out to do something important and then they're going to stick a planeswalker and it's nice to have added ways to get out of it. And then, uh well, okay, you can protect your own cards with card advantage as the game goes on, and oftentimes you can get better than an inspiration out of it, even if it costs more mana, by bouncing your own sprunning Seas or your Seagate or, or whatever. Or even just your card, like if they attack your Jace, then you just bounce your Jace, you know, and draw yeah. a card. In, in addition to all that, the tempo boost is huge because when you're behind in tempo but you have plenty of card advantage, it's so great to be able to cash in your Into the Royal where you pay two mana and you bounce, uh, bounce something like an Eldrazi monument.
0: Yeah, or that's a big one.
1: Or, or a creature that just got an Argentine armor quested onto it, or whatever. You know, like having having an out to really important plays is is a fantastic option to have. But instead of just being a narrow option that's bad in the circumstances where you know the don't, you know win, it's a, it's in a good situation for it, it always cycles.
2: Yeah,
1: you know. So and often better than Cycles, even though it's slow. So I think that uh I think Into the Royal is an awesome card that um that if you're if you're building some random blue deck, whether it's blue black or blue green or blue red or blue white or three colors or whatever, start with at least two into the royals in your list, you know? Yeah. And uh and just see how it does for you because I mean I wasn't the biggest fan of Into the Royal last season. It was always decent, it was okay. But it was just a solid card, whereas now it's just actually just amazing. Um, but it's a card that overperforms; it always just works out so much better than uh, on paper. Like, recently, Jerry and I were having a discussion about this exact same thing, where we were talking about blue-red decks and we were comparing um, my Avenger deck to his to his uh, blue-red frost deck. And I told him, I said, "Jerry, you're crazy. You cut the front, you cut the end of the Royals. That's just." He's like, "Yeah, I pro- it's probably just being lazy." And I said, "Yeah, it is." It's, and he's like, "Well, it's just always so easy to think about cutting them. I really should put them back, though. They're, they're they're always awesome." I said, "You're absolutely right." And he he tried putting them back in again, and obviously they were awesome. So.
0: Yeah, I uh, I tried your Venser list, uh, but it was just you know I, I read your article on Friday and then just played it at f and uh, it, it's a fun deck to play. Although I got stuck in a situation where I I was drawing so many cards and couldn't find a win condition. It just you know. I guess just one of those kind of random uh, situations where I went through four jaces and couldn't find any any way to win. Even though jace is a win condition, I I, he, I had to keep using them to uh, to brainstorm. And I was playing against like an aggro deck that just kept killing my jaces when I uh, I wasn't able to protect them. But uh, but it was it was a fun deck and the frost titan. I hadn't actually gotten to play with that until until uh, until Friday, and I was really impressed.
1: What about the social
0: colonnade yeah that, i I didn't draw one until the like I drew mine and played it, and he he played a colonnade the following turn he was playing blue white and Merfolk, which you know wasn't one that I expected, but you know you can you, you kind of expect the unexpected at f and m s um but he played a colonnade, and so now my colonnade couldn't attack because it needed to be available to block his because I was so low on life at that point um uh, so it was just uh didn't uh didn't work out in that that particular game it went that it was a game one and it went to time because it was just so much i I was just trying to draw into a win condition it was it was kind of like he couldn't put on enough pressure to kill me and i couldn't yeah and i was able to you know uh stay in the game because he wasn't putting on enough pressure but i couldn't find enough to to win myself so uh and and i saw no no frost titans um and no colonnades and uh yeah, so that that was a little tough, but that one was, I think, uh, uh, a fluke. I guess you know, one of those weird.
1: Well, no, I, I mean, different. Well, I think it may be indicative of what would be appropriate for your playstyle. Because you got to remember, obviously, when you're talking on a deck that has sh- as many decisions as a deck that uses multiple planeswalkers, including Jace, preordained, Day, mm-hmm. and Seagate, and so on, you're going to make countless little decisions over the course of the game that are shaping tiny little edges here and there. Right. And it's not always about one being better. Like, even though in the big, big, big picture, there's the best way to play, realistically, none of us are perfect robots that are playing the best possible game all the time. Right. So instead, it is often best to look for what would be best for us. Because sometimes what is best for one person is not necessarily the best for another, because you can't control all those tiny little decisions on both people. You can control yours. I can control mine. Jerry can control his, and Floyd can control his. But at the end of the day, you can't make somebody make all of the same choices you would make in every situation. So in this case, it sounds like whatever the the differences in the decisions that we've been making are,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. it is leading to a scenario where you really wish you had more Frost Titans, right? Yeah. And and, And you know what? Frost Titans is an awesome card. It's one of the best cards in the format. And it's this is a, a time where you could certainly play more Frost Titans. If you wanted to configure the deck so that you had more Frost Titans, I, I think there's nothing wrong with playing three or even four Frost Titans. You know?
2: Yeah. Because
1: it's not... Your deck isn't so streamlined that it's supposed to be this slavish mana curve deck where you have to have exactly X number of cards at each spot on the casting cost. Yeah. You know? If... It's the way that... Like, look at your deck... Jared's deck Uses four frost titans and abolition range He doesn't exactly have a lot of five drops. You know, I think he's got like one jace's ingenuity or something. Yeah, he doesn't even necessarily like that one that much. It's just without white, you lose some of the five drop action.
0: Right. I'm so used to the the blue white deck that had so many uh, creatures to protect my planeswalkers, like you know, wall of omens, and then um, Elspeth tokens and things like that, and and also just having the Elspeth tokens kind of uh you know that obviously means elspeth is around to kind of distract from attacking my jace which is going to go ultimate you know that kind of thing or even gideon to uh to keep people from from killing my jace so like uh in the you know like i said this is the first time i played played that list so i'm sure i made you know a dozen you know more than a dozen mistakes but uh but, you know...
1: Oh, no, with... no, no, but, but you should, it doesn't mean you should discount them. Like, regardless, everybody playing is always making tons of mistakes, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: It's not about just, like, oh, you made mm-hmm. mistakes, so you should write off your experiences. No, listen to what your experiences are telling you. You know, like, for you, the way that you play games leads you to want to have more victory conditions. You want to have pieces to work with so that you're not just scraping by, digging and digging and digging and looking for a victory condition. You know, yeah. So, like, why not play more Frost Titans? Frost Titan's an awesome card anyway. Yeah, definitely. You
2: know? The only
1: yeah. reason, the only reason I don't play more Frost Titans is the the way that I naturally kind of to play the game. I tend to uh, not use the Frost Titan as a primary method for establishing control. He's really good, and I like having him available as a tool. But uh, so often, I find that I, I try to sculpt the game into such a way where I uh, grind the other person out attrition-wise, you know? Right. And then once I have, you know, once in the head, then victory is inevitable, you know, because I can eventually just kill them with colonnades, or I can eventually just ultimate a Jace, or I can eventually uh, just drop a Frost Titan, or I can eventually remove all the permanents with Venser. You know, when you have that many different victory conditions available to you, I don't like to try to... uh, I don't find it as, like, I don't move, I don't look for ways to end it immediately. I just try to get ahead on cards and get far enough ahead of them that, uh, that, like, I keep trying to just get tiny little edges here and there to get ahead of them enough in card advantage that I eventually can't help but win. But it's also tougher when you're talking about opponents that are playing unfamiliar strategies. For instance, I have no idea if it's possible to have card advantage a blue light merfolk deck. I can't even imagine what would be in a blue red deck, You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was an interesting list. It it looked it looked like a lot of fun, I mean, but yeah, it was uh de- definitely not one that I expected. So, uh but yeah, it, it was fun to play the Vencer list, but obviously you uh you think that the, the Ascension list is outclassing the yeah, Vencer list at this point.
1: Well no, I mean keep in mind, I still I I still think the Vencer list is very good. And I think it's the Jerry's blue red deck is very good. You know? But, uh, I think there's nothing wrong, like, especially if somebody has a lot of experience, like, if they've been practicing with, uh, either Jerry's style or my style of control, um, there's something to be said about playing a strategy that you're familiar with, you know? It's not always about switching to the latest, greatest thing. However, they're similar enough that, uh, that I think that Ascension is where you want to be. And, um, I mean, I'm pretty sure that if Jerry played at an event this weekend, he would play Ascension. And, uh, it doesn't mean we don't both think that the Vencer deck and the Blue ray deck are good, you know. It's like, uh, I just think the thing about the Ascension deck is, one, it is really, really good, but also, two, the format isn't ready for it yet. Right. You know, people will probably be a lot more prepared two weeks from now because, uh, eventually people are going to start practicing against it and starting to figure out little things like how much pressure is needed against it and how many ways you can actually interact with it. And, uh... And it's also been kind of helping the dredge has a little bit fallen off, you know? Right. Yeah. So that there's a little bit less, like, low line of the void.
0: Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I know back at Nationals, and obviously that's a, <clears throat> a metagame that was, it's two months old and missing, you know, now we're missing a thousand cards from that particular environment. But, um, you know, we were talking about how important graveyard hate was, and it seems like, I mean, it doesn't even seem like people are playing with Vengevines anymore. It's it's uh, kind of crazy. Oh,
1: yeah, but that's because Vengevine isn't even that good in this format. Yeah. Like, um, things have changed. Things have really changed. Like, for instance, Wall of Omens. Wall of Omens was such a good card last format, right? Yeah. At different degrees. But now, Wall of Omens is terrible. And it's funny because I see so many. Uh, almost every Blue White that plays Wall of Omens, still, right?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Somebody should write an article why Wall of Omens is bad. I mean, Wall of Omens—it's not necessarily going to be bad forever, and it's the type of card that even though it's bad, it's not miserable because it's still a cantrip, right. you know. And and even and against a lot of people, you still get some value by blocking something. But the the problem is, it's like um, who who is it do you really want Wall of Omens against? Yes, because like. Like looking at the format, let's start with the most popular. I mean, so 48 percent of the crowd is playing Jace the Mind Sculptor decks, right? Yeah. 48 percent of the field is playing Jace the Mind Sculptor decks, and 48 percent is playing Jace the Mind Sculptor. I mean, who do you want the wall of them against? You don't want it against blue white. You don't want it against blue red control. They don't have any guys to block. Right.
0: Um, Primeval You don't Titan want it against blue green.
1: you don't want it against a blue green red Primeval Titan deck.
0: Right.
1: Uh, do you want, so I guess maybe you want it against like some kind of a Naya deck?
0: Yeah, or just it's just you know, maybe the well, I mean, even the the kind of white weenie lists that are going around are doing the Argentum armor thing, so that's I mean
1: it's Yeah, well yeah, the, so the White Weenie lists yeah, okay. So against Nyan it doesn't work because they have Flyers and they have the coming spark Maze combo and they have Vengemind and they don't even have any guys that you ever really want to block, right? They don't have blood gray off anymore. Right. But against White Weenie They have equipment, like adventuring gear, and the sword, and they have flyers. I mean, it doesn't really effectively block anybody in the White Lady deck, because they make each of their guys into huge monsters. Right. And then, outside of the Jace decks, like, what about red? Like, surely it's got to be good against red deck, right?
0: Yeah, only goblin guy, basically.
1: (laughs) And every red deck has four Searing Blaze that you just turn on for no reason.
0: Yeah. It's,
1: it's, Plus, it, they have, Car- have Dragon Dragonlord to fly over, play to Geo-Beak, bash through, Wall of Omens is terrible, and, uh cough.
0: Flame Slash.
1: Um, or Mastacore, for that matter. Yeah. And everybody's playing Flame Slash now. Yeah. I mean, God. And then against Eldrazi, Green, and Valica, obviously it's worthless. You know, often it's so miserable to have to tap out to cast it. Right. Not tap out, but even, like, early, just, it'd be nice to have Manly to counter-cultivate against them some of the time, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, and so I, mean, I guess if I if I could, if I could pass on one thing about blue white, if you don't want to give up blue white, I understand completely. There's nothing wrong with wanting to play blue white. You know, I think blue red's better. I think blue black might actually be better as well. But if you want to play blue white, take out the wall of omens. You know.
0: You think uh, spreading seas is a better option at the moment?
1: Ah, uh, well, I think spreading seas is a better option than wall of omens, but it doesn't mean that I think you should play spreading seas. Yeah, I was going to ask. Maybe you, about you should that. play spreading seas. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I'm really not sure. I know I play Spreading Fuse in my Venture deck. Right. And I think that Spreading Fuse is a good card. Um, it's not clear if it's the right card for this format because um, it's a decent card against some people, but there's a lot of people it doesn't screw. Uh, it doesn't mess up too much. So I think Spreading Fuse is a card to consider, but it's definitely not an auto-include. Right. Uh, like I mean, like Tree ordained and Manalik are pretty much auto-includes. But uh, I think spreading seeds is negotiable. I mean, like, for instance, I think Jerry's List is right to not play them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's. I can see exactly what you mean. It's definitely got its it's got its good matchups, and it's, you know, that matchups where it's just a cantrip that kind of does nothing. Um, well, it,
1: it, you got to make sure that you actually want what it's giving you. Like, for instance, you may say, oh, I like the spreading seeds against an Eldrazi Green deck or a Vallaka deck. But if the game's not going long enough for you to actually care about a Valakit sitting in play or an Ayamugan sitting in play, Mm -hmm. then you're the one spending, even if you put it on an Eldrazi Temple, you're costing them one mana, and you're costing yourself two mana.
0: Yeah. Well, you get a card out while it replaces itself, I guess, yeah.
1: Yeah. See, you have to, in order for it to really be worth it, you have to care. Because you're not managing as many people as you used to. It's not the old days where people are playing these, you know, decks. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. There's not sh- so, I mean, I think Friday season is still a good still card just because of the fact that it's under-costed. You know, it's an efficient card. And if you're in the market for that sort of thing, and I think every blue light that needs to have a lot of answers, you got to have ways to deal with people's so celestial calumniers or creeping carpets. You have to, I mean, man land are so good. But I mean Tectonic Edge is a very reasonable option also. So I think it's like there's like Jerry Tech has has burst lightnings and tectonic edges. You know? And I think that's fine. I just think that uh Wall of Omens has gotta go. You know, what you replace it with, that's on you. But Wall of Omens, this is not the time for it.
0: Cool. Thanks for uh for being on the show again. We uh you're always welcome to be on. We we love having you on, so uh I appreciate it.
1: Oh, absolutely, man!
0: Thanks for having me. No problem, and uh, you know, you used to be on Mondays on Star City. Then you switched to Fridays. It seems recently you've been on both. What's your? Uh, <laughs> wh- uh, where can uh, where can people find your articles and which day of the week?
1: Oh, uh, as much as I'd like to say it's like a lottery, you should just try back every day. The real answer. I'm, the real answer is uh, I'm going to be – I'm putting up uh, an article. Like, I've been doing two a week for a little bit during this transition period. And mm-hmm. hey, I just had a bit to say, but this week I'm going to have a special edition going up on Friday um, to to give everybody the, the best information I can just before the event. Mm-hmm. But then uh, starting next week, I'm switching back to Mondays. Okay, cool. Yeah, Mondays, yeah, Mondays my preferred home. I've got to balance out the week. Got a got to – I like to – get in first chance after the weekend, you
0: know? Sounds good and it's always something to look forward to on uh Sunday nights, I guess, as usually when I'm <laughs> I'm up reading them Sunday night at midnight.
1: Absolutely. Um, and, and man, it's it's totally awesome to see you do more UN T G TAP stuff. Like this is oh, dude it's fantastic just to see the the way things have been over the last the way things have grown over the past several months, you know?
0: Thanks, yeah, I like,
1: appreciate it. It's been a wild ride. This it, is awesome,
0: man. Absolutely, yeah, we're pretty excited. We're we're surprised at how uh how well received everything's been and uh and it's it's certainly exciting for us. So
1: Oh, by the way, you gotta remind me sometime to show you a picture I got. Um uh a hot female friend of mine yeah needed to borrow a shirt and uh <laughs> I was like, Well it just so happens I got a brand new one folded right sitting right here. All right. So it kind of a yeah kind of a <laughs> Uh, definitely a, a shirt that would make for good advertising. <laughs> yeah, you
0: should post it on our uh, post it on our Facebook if you have it. Uh, <laughs> that'd be great. Cool. Well, uh, well, thanks again, Patrick, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on soon.
1: Awesome, man. Take care.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. And I think I'm YoMTG Taps is available every Friday on StarCityGames.com. Visit our website, IWantMyMTG.com, for past episodes, t shirts, free stickers, and more. You can contact us at Taps at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at YoMTGTaps.